How does the story of dropping Camogie at 12 to potentially participating in the Olympics at 28 sound to you? Well, if you don't know, Ireland has a women's lacrosse team that is currently ranked 13th in the world. With women's lacrosse now being included in the Olympics for the first time, Ireland's Olympic qualification journey looks very promising. If you can only think of wild child when you think of the sport, that's fine. We're here to help. Meet Emma Fitzpatrick, an Irish lacrosse sensation. Now eight years into her journey, she has captained the Irish Under-19 team and played with the senior squad in the World Championships. Her story is a shining example of the incredible potential hidden within the world of lacrosse in Ireland that could lead to achieving nearly every athlete's dream. If this sounds unimaginable to you, then stick around for this really engaging conversation with Emma Fitzpatrick. Ema, super excited to have you in studio with us. And Thank you for yeah, having me. like I just told you as well, my only reference to lacrosse is from Wild Child. So yeah, I'm definitely okay. Okay. <laughs> interested in getting You're to learn part of the more. majority. <laughs> Great, okay. So before we just start off, a few random questions. If you were in Barbie Land, which Barbie do you think you would be? I haven't watched the Barbie movie. That's okay. Like if I'm you so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We'll go to another Weird question. Barbie. Ooh, weird, weird Barbie. Barbie, I'd be her. I'd okay. be her. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I actually did a quiz and I got Weird Barbie the first time. And we just did a quiz like about an hour ago, and then I got President Barbie. But I'll do another quiz. But I'd be Weird Barbie. Yeah, we'll from, do it after this. From I can't believe I haven't seen it. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> no, it's okay. And then, what would you say is your go-to Starbucks order? The salted maple and caramel cream cold brew. Okay, that's cool. been it since that came in. Any kind of cream cold brew. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I need to try that one. I think I've only been to Starbucks like twice. That's okay. <laughs> and the first time Deb chose my order. So yeah. <laughs> now I can say you chose my second order. Um, and then what would you say is your favorite hype song at the moment? Um, it kind of is consistently humble, Kendrick Lamar. Oh. It's not, that's not really like my style of music. And yeah. I listen to very kind of sad indie music. But in terms of like a hype song for mm. like before a game or... Um, gym or anything like that it's kind of consistently humble by Kendrick yeah. Lamar yeah. yeah that one will never yeah, get it's old a good one. it's a classic one. <laughs> okay so basically what we're going to be doing today you brought some photos with you mm -hmm. so we can show the photo and then you can just share with us what the story behind the photo is so here's the first one so what is the story behind that photo that was taken by our lovely photographer um, at the World Championships last year in Maryland. If I'm not mistaken, I can only see my players behind me. If I'm not mistaken, it's the Germany game. I was just scared that I had the ball. But <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that was during our, our final game to seed for 13th place against Germany, which we ended up winning in double overtime. And then, yeah, that that photo got around and my dad printed it. And, <laughs> and no, my best friend's mother printed it and my dad stuck it on the sitting room window. So anyone who passed by our house could see it, but um, it's, it's also currently hung up in the house, but it's a great photo. It's a good shot. No, it is really great. And was that your first international competition that you went to? No, um, the first international competition I went to was for the United, the first Irish women's U19 team in um, 2019. We went to Peterborough in Canada, um, like just outside Ontario, and... That would have been my first. Now, you'd like much like all other sports, you don't get capped for your junior appearances, but um, that would have been my first international appearance with with Ireland lacrosse. Okay, yeah. and just going 
back to when you actually started playing lacrosse. So mm. now you've been playing for about eight years now. Mm-hmm. So how did you go about getting involved in the sport? Um, my sister and I were visiting my, my Auntie Mary in well, on Long Island. And um, she moved over there when she was about 17 with her now husband. And they had kids and then their kids had kids. And we were visiting them. Um, so I have a lot of family in New York. And we were there for about six or seven weeks, like quite a long stint of time. So a lot of it was just spending time with family and going to my auntie's grandkids games um and so one of my my cousins cadence who actually just committed to university of virginia which is a a really big school for lacrosse she was playing a game and um i was watching and i didn't really realize till the end of the game that i hadn't been on my phone for an hour and as much as i I played gaelic football and i played camogie and everything growing up but kind of you know a bit of a statistic much like everybody else kind of dropped off the face of sport kind of at 12 13 like a lot of other younger girls and I was much more of a, a theater child I kind of realized then at the end of the game that I just really enjoyed watching it and I was so invested and I was asking about the rules and I thought like this is fun and I was going into my sixth year I, I wanted to do something other than school library home kind of that was that was pretty much my routine for all of fifth year so I looked up lacrosse Dublin or lacrosse Ireland or something and I stumbled upon Dublin lacrosse and yeah I joined on the 13th of September 2017 wow. specifically I remember today um, <laughs> and I was 17 I was the youngest person to have joined the team they're all much older than me and uh, yeah the yeah. rest is history that's Literally, really yeah. great yeah. I find it so amazing how you remember the exact dates yeah no, it was, yeah. yeah I remember the day I remember going I was you know happy out. my dad dropped me down I was happy out going down then I got so nervous when I got there I was about 20 minutes early and then I ended up being about 20 minutes late because I was lingering around for 40 minutes all nervous but I showed up and yeah I remember the first people I spoke to who are still some of my best friends one of them's my neighbor now it was yeah literally the rest is history Mm. would you say that you were a bit nervous to be picking up a sport in your late teens yeah I think so like it did kind of ease the nerves when I showed up and kind of noticed a lot of the girls were quite a bit older than me they won't be happy that I said that but (laughs) um that definitely eased the nerves I think the main thing that when I joined, I didn't think that I was really like going to go in head first. I thought like this is something casual I could pick up for, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months and have a bit of fun and meet new people like while I'm studying. And I really got, you know, quite invested quite early on. I started September by October. I had, you know, bought my own stick and everything. And um, yeah, it's definitely it was nerve wracking at the start to kind of join much as, as women's sports now is, is a very positive culture and a very mm. encouraging culture I'm not sure everybody feels that way regardless of intention and stuff so um, it definitely was a bit nerve-wracking after having really not even ran for a bus in about five <laughs> or six years like I yeah. bump into people I went to school with and they're like you're gas you didn't even do PE and then you showed up but it was just something about that sport and that team mm. in particular that really just brought me in and um, I'm very happy about that yeah. yeah thanks for sharing that okay so next photo what is the story behind this one? That's also at the World Championship last year in Maryland. That's uh, I had the honour of being the flag bearer, mm. which is um, something that's kind of unanimously voted among the coaching panel and the management panel. So I was incredibly honoured to fly the flag that year. And that's Katrina Dowd, who is a, just an incredible person, an incredible athlete, one of the biggest names in, in lacrosse. And she's been so great to give you know her time and commitment to Ireland lacrosse in the last two years I guess and so that's that's that picture and I got my family's from the Iron Islands originally and my auntie Bridie manages a kind of traditional shop on on Inishmore and I got her to get us those paddy caps okay so we were delighted and then the men copied us for their tournament afterwards <laughs> we were the OG stamps there but yeah that's that there are paddy caps that we, that we all still have and wear 
And what would you say, or would you say, um, just looking at that photo, um, that that was one of your favorite memories um, when rep- representing Ireland? Yeah, I think, like back in 2019, I was I was one of four captains, which was a, which was a huge honor as well, particularly for my first international appearance. Um, I actually got concussed in the second week of that tournament, so I think the memories there kind of come in dribs and drabs. <laughs> But just, you know, having the honour of bearing the flag was something that I that I couldn't even kind of begin to fathom even at the time. And I remember it and I started crying and I was like, the state of me crying about this. I'm so proud to be Irish and I always have been. Um, I was raised through the Irish language, really immersed in the Irish culture, was educated through the Irish language. It's a really big part of who I am. And to represent Ireland on the international stage is one thing and to, to fly the flag for... Mm-hmm for not only the opening ceremony, but for every game and, and to lead the girls out and to lead that team out was a massive honour. It's definitely one of my favourite memories, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And before we go on, I just want to ask, so if you had to give like a quick little crash course on lacrosse, how would you go about explaining the game? So you brought your stick as well. Yeah. So you can use that if you yeah. want to. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if, if the camera can see this, this the <laughs> stick. So this is the, this is the pocket. Um, and this is the sticks that we got for Ireland across. They're great. Um, yeah, I think to to best explain it to to Irish people is a lot of people say it's very like camogie. Like we do get a lot of camogie players, and you can always spot the camogie players. They still play one handed, but um, it's kind of like hockey in the air. Mm. A lot of people say like the ball, like the pocket's not that not that deep. I'm afraid of smashing something in the studio now. <laughs> the pocket's like not that deep. Um, yeah. It kind of goes down here. You have to be able to see the ball over it. But you cradle the ball, um, like literally cradle like a baby. You kind of cradle it to keep it in your stick while you're while you're running. And obviously we'd practice a lot of ground balls and stuff because bad passes happen. Balls are on the ground all the time. But yeah, I think kind of it's it's almost like a mix of hockey and, mm. and camogie. Um, it originally started as a, as a Native American sport. It was it was kind of a, a sport for war almost for them and um yeah it, it's kind of it's it's a it's a hard one to explain yeah. but I think you know it, it's not hugely indifferent to to camogie or hockey mm. okay and how many players are on the field so the there's I suppose it, it, that depends who you ask the way we play and the kind of international rules for the for the regular game is there's 10 players per team on the field so there's three attackers three midfielders and three defenders and a goalie mm. so that's 10 v 10 um i know if i'm not mistaken america play like the u.s colleges and the u.s leagues play 12s whether that's still a thing or not i don't know we've always played 10 v 10 and so yeah there's kind of three in each in each position mm. and then one goalie mm. and how long is a typical game uh four 15 minute quarters okay yeah so nice. there's um a five-minute break between quarters and a ten-minute halftime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then in terms of tackling, can I can I call it a tackle? Yeah. How exactly yeah. do you do that? So say now the opposition, uh, I'm such a I need to always mm-hmm. like illustrate using my like <laughs> actions. So say now like I have the ball and I'm running yeah. and you want to tackle me to get the ball. Yeah. How exactly do you go about doing that? Do you hit the stick? Or? Yeah. So so hitting the stick is called a check. So it is okay. a non non contact yeah. sport. I mean my bruises <laughs> my bruises would prove otherwise. But um it is a non contact kind of semi contact sport. So to check somebody's stick out of the ball, it can't be within their sphere, which is like okay. this sphere around your head, because it'll be you know it'll you'll be fouled and it'll be called as it checked through the sphere, checked the head if it's dangerous enough, which is carded and so a lot of the rules are kind of involved around safety and stuff because it is non-contact and we do wear uh, we don't wear any padded equipment or any protection or anything like that so to check somebody's stick you have to kind of like 
you can hit you can't hit between their hands where their stick is so you can go wherever their hands are not and you kind of clip their stick okay. but you have to show that you kind of come back up again mm. whereas if you go down and follow all the way down through that's a slash and that's also a foul it's very technical um but yeah you kind of like clip somebody's stick and hope kind of the, the ball will pass out or else you kind of just really like defend man on and kind of strong man on defense and mm-hmm. and hope that they you know when they're switching their hands that they drop the ball or they make a bad pass or or whatever but you can't outright tackle somebody unfortunately okay. <laughs> interesting and would you say as well um you mentioned it's quite technical, but like picking up on all these rules, um, did you find it quite challenging? Or I think it's definitely a beginner-friendly sport to get into. I think, um, and I know a lot would agree with me when you're when you're watching experienced players play, and you know all the rules, and you're kind of sitting back watching a high-level game and seeing not a lot of fouls. It's like it's an incredibly difficult sport to play without fouling because there are so many technical rules and a lot of them are based around safety and a lot of them are probably a little bit outdated arguably but it definitely is kind of when you're going along it is a beginner friendly sport to begin with but then when you kind of start to bring the rules in and you start to ref the game properly and stuff it is it can be very stop and start Mm -hmm. in the beginning with less experienced players because there's a lot of stuff like um if you're kind of defending somebody like body contact defending somebody and your arms extend out all the way like your elbows are are completely straight that's considered a push because you're like pushing but it's it's that motion of your extending your Mm -hmm. arms and so that's a foul and so even if you didn't physically push somebody you still extended your arms so kind of learning that technique that kind of hug a tree technique and stuff is something that we don't want to confuse Mm -hmm. beginner players with at at the start of their journey with lacrosse Mm but um as much as it is definitely a beginner-friendly sport, like, I mean, I picked it up, so if I can do yeah. it, anyone can do it, literally. It is definitely a beginner-friendly sport, but kind of when you when you get into it a lot more, you realise how many rules there are and how technical those rules are and stuff, and so kind of playing a full game without trying to get fouled is, is definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, like, I think you mentioned it as well, like, any new skill or sport, the more you play, yeah. the easier it yeah. becomes. Yeah, so we'll move on to the next photo. So what is the story behind this one? That is my baby face. That's that's my first international <laughs> appearance. That they're the four okay. captains. So there's, I mean, I'm on the far left in number six, and then fourteen's Orla Bogey, Katie McCarthy, and, and Georgia Scott, who are all still very very close friends of mine. Mm. But we were the four captains for the for the U19s national team in in Canada. And one thing I've I've noticed when chatting to a lot of athletes is um, they always mention the friendship aspect. Yeah. And would you say it's the same yeah, for you? Yeah, huge. It's it's like the girls that I met on that first day and those first couple of weeks of of lacrosse and you know those those even three particular girls in that photo um are still really some of my my closest friends George Scott on the far right there she lives with me now um (laughs) I remember the first person I spoke to on my first day of lacrosse was a girl called Ivana Murphy who is a veteran in Ireland lacrosse she's been around for a very long time she's a neighbor of mine now and Laura Stokes, one of the team managers, has been, you know, my absolute nearest and dearest best friend. And I can't, like, it's something that you can't really explain until you experience it yourself. And I know everybody who I'm close to in lacrosse would absolutely agree with me that the kind of the friendships and, and connections you make literally all over the world is so valuable and is such a big part. Particularly Ireland lacrosse, like, we're known for it when we go to tournaments. That tournament in particular, actually, the... um 
service women in the on the college campus that we were staying on like the women who gave us you know our breakfast and lunch and dinner and took care of us and everything said that like win or loss and there were a lot of losses in that tournament like no matter what it was we had a smile on our face and not only were we we so friendly and polite to to other teams and to staff members but to to each other and you know it's not conceited or fake or anything it really Mm. is just such a positive and friendly environment to be in. Mm. Let's chat a bit more about the lacrosse scene in Ireland. So you've been playing now for about eight years. Um, What does it look like? Would you say you've seen a change since you started playing? Yeah, definitely. I know that the league was at, you know, quite a good and big place just before I had started. I know in my first year, like UCD in particular, were kind of the hub and the anchor for, for lacrosse in Ireland. Like they had a blue and a white team which really meant like anything between 40 and 50 people could have showed up on on one of those domestic league game days and you know they won the league you know quite often Galway won the league quite a few times the Cork had quite a strong team and kind of the year before I joined and and the year I joined um those kind of first two years were were quite as much as we didn't have like the spectators or the the good fields or anything like we are a minority sport we're a minority women's sport and that comes with what it comes with and but definitely COVID kind of tore apart essentially really everything that a lot of people had worked very hard to grow and it's been it's been quite difficult trying to get that back um to where it was I know Dublin across um I'm the club manager for Dublin across this year and like we're we're in a we're in a good position um thankfully um I know it's easier for us with not being affiliated to a university we we don't have as many, I suppose, rules to adhere to. You know, we don't have to have university-only players and, and everything like that. We have everybody of any age who, who just wants to come and play along and we're in a good position. Um, we have good numbers, but, you know, there's there's a few girls involved with UCD lacrosse who have been putting a lot of work in in the last two years, And but it's a lot of work to get it to where it is, unfortunately. Um, I know this year our biggest, you know, I'm lead coordinator and I'm working with, with all the teams. Our, our biggest kind of focus is not only recruitment, but retention and doing what we can do and kind of trial and error everything to, to retain players because it's great for me to, to sit there, stand there and say like, I promise you won't regret this and I promise you won't, you know, you won't regret joining. And, you know, for me, it was the best decision I'd ever made. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to people that that could, that, be for them as well, mm. if that makes any sense. But um, it's we're definitely struggling. We don't get any funding. Um, Ireland Lacrosse themselves, as an organisation, don't get any funding. So we kind of have to scrap for grants and stuff where we can, if we can. You know, we we really rely on player fees essentially. So we're definitely in a in a struggling place. But those involved are really really working quite hard to to get it and have been for years to get it to a better place and and just share the sport and share that community with with more people. Mm. Yeah. That's great. And so it was recently announced that lacrosse will be included in the 2028 Olympics, which is super exciting for the sport as well. Um, So what do you think this would actually mean for lacrosse in Ireland? Hopefully funding. And I know that that sounds kind of like, you know, not everything's about money, but unfortunately for for the growth of a minority sport and the growth of a minority women's sport, it, it unfortunately pretty much is the anchor of everything. And hopefully with us being in the Olympics and... Now, obviously, we have to qualify first and everything, but, you know, the talent that Ireland lacrosse has is just so incredible, like, for such a small country. And I know that we're everywhere all over the world, but for such a small country, like, we're currently seated at 13th in the world, which is a massive achievement, and that's with no funding, and that's with relying on Mm. player fees and really relying on everybody who volunteers their time to Ireland lacrosse to to grow and, and spread not only the game, but the team themselves, and... 
for the Olympics, it's it's huge. Like the the men's lacrosse was in the Olympics years ago, if I'm not mistaken, like the 70s and the 80s. But this is the first time that women's lacrosse will be in the Olympics, which which is massive. Now it is an adapted version of the sport, much like rugby. Like I know rugby in the Olympics is rugby sevens. Um, so this is lacrosse sixes. Yeah. Um, so it's just a, it's a modified version of the game. It's less stop and start. It's quicker. It's six players versus six players, including the goalie. So you're playing all positions at all times. So it definitely is a different take on it and even very experienced lacrosse players have to adapt and adjust to that new version of the game, I suppose. Like 2028 is not that far away, but it definitely is a massive a massive step for the sport as a whole. And hopefully we'll, we'll see Ireland lacrosse get a little bit more recognition for mm. for everything that we do and for how far we've gotten with very little resource. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll see more resources and, and everything come from that. Yeah. I think it's incredible as well to say that you're ranked 13th and there's still there's so many obstacles that you've had to yeah. overcome, but it just shows the passion that is really yeah. within the sport in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's for everyone, like the coaching panel, the management panel, everybody kind of behind the scenes and the players just really driving that and... You know, it's exhausting and can sometimes be disheartening. And I know that I speak on behalf of a lot of people in minority sports and particularly women's sports when you say that. But um, hopefully this will, particularly in the lead up to it, because you can't show up at the Olympics with no resources or no yeah. or no practice or anything. So hopefully we'll see kind of in the lead up to 2028 a lot more you know recognition and thereby resource and, and funding and everything yeah. in terms of international matches as well um would you say that ireland takes part in quite a few international tournaments regularly or? not not enough unfortunately and that is mainly due to the cost of it mm-hmm. um like it's like ireland lacrosse aren't special and not receiving any government funding you know i know a lot of countries and nations don't receive much government funding if any at all um so unfortunately not enough we have partaken in the um the elf easter tournament which is the european lacrosse federation so it's a slightly more a lot of the lacrosse tournaments in in europe in particular are kind of fun social things and um, which are a great thing to go to because not only do you get kind of game time and you get to play lacrosse and everything but you get to meet people in a really fun environment and everything um but unfortunately there's just not been enough resources to kind of feel more competitive international tournaments um the elf is probably the main one and kangaluccio cup is another big tournament that's a club championships for european lacrosse teams so that's not even ireland lacrosse that's whoever wins the domestic league um so unfortunately there's probably not enough international appearances outside of the major tournaments like the european championships or or worlds but um hopefully we'll we'll start to see more kind of competitive international Mm -hmm. tournaments in the lead up to to 2028 in particular and yeah it'll be steady after that hopefully and yeah so you also mentioned you're the league coordinator for Ireland lacrosse and you play for Dublin lacrosse club as well Mm -hmm. so can you maybe just share a bit more about um the lacrosse league in Ireland yeah so currently we have um I'm after taking on from Dana Alexa who did a great and very thankless job over the last couple of years um it's been hard particularly since Covid but the currently we have Dublin Lacrosse Club, which is ourselves, um, UCD Lacrosse, uh, Stags Lacrosse and DCU Lacrosse. They're all the Dublin-based teams at the minute. Um, DCU Lacrosse is only new. Uh, they were playing as Drumlax last year, which is kind of drum Drumcondran and trying to, to grow the sport out on the north side a little bit more. We're a bit south side, south side heavy at the minute. And then there, I know that there are people doing a lot of work down in Cork to revive what had been there kind of 
pre-2017 and Galway there's there's a handful of girls in Galway trying to do quite a lot to revive the sport there as well with um in NUI and then Belfast Queen's Belfast have quite a strong team and and Dee McKim up there has done very hard work for a very very long time um and you know it's paid off they've had they've had strong numbers over the years but um you know unfortunately it's just kind of that's it like we have a we have a a game day coming up on on Saturday and it's the teams that can field enough I suppose is Dublin lacrosse UCD lacrosse and Queen's Belfast so unfortunately there's just there's not I suppose recognized enough as a a sport and I think Covid like for ourselves it just it just took away a lot of what of what we had and there's just probably not enough recognition I know a lot of people went back to the sports that they had played growing up after covid like i know a lot of people who went back to play gaelic football and camogie and uh, and you know better for them you know i'm it's great to see more people partaking in sports and more more teams coming up and stuff but i think covid just had a huge had a huge effect on on the sport really as a whole in the country so we are working very tirelessly to to get the league to to a better place and to kind of share that with people and mm. and you know get a get a larger community because it's a great place it's a really great community to be a part of and and kind of wanting to share that with more people mm. we'll move on to the next photo which we'll probably end off with this one actually so what is the story behind this photo that's me and my dad um i just i just think it's a great photo i didn't even know it was being taken that was the same photographer roger he was fantastic he followed us around everywhere he was great but that was after that was the first game that my mom and dad had come to internationally and it was our game against hong kong which they were very favorited to win they're a very very strong and talented team and um we won in we won that game in overtime and and I know we had national team trials there last weekend and one of the questions that we had to do for player profiles was what was your favorite lacrosse memory and at six or seven minimum I heard people saying oh Hong Kong mm-hmm. you know even girls who weren't there saying watching the Hong <laughs> Kong game it was so exciting and unfortunately we don't get to have that type of competition and and really have that feeling of competitiveness and really having to work tirelessly to to win something or to prove prove something so I think that 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 hug describes it all but that's a great photo of my dad and I that Roger took um Mm, yeah that's that same tournament last year I can imagine also just um having a support system in sport is what you get from your friends and your family it also just makes the biggest difference massive yeah no I'm I'm incredibly lucky and incredibly privileged my my whole family particularly my parents who chauffeured me around for three years before I got a driver's license um and chauffeured me around the country as well but yeah support system is massive and and I know that not everybody has the has that privilege um to say that they have that they have family and friends at home who will just put everything into them and that's really what my family and my friends have done like even when my friends thought it was weird and my friends were like what are you doing like when they didn't know what lacrosse was and everybody was asking me if I played Quidditch for years and it's still kind of a running joke but they were still so supportive and they and they really showed up and and always asked me how it's going and are always so proud and you know buying the the jumpers with my number on them when they come around and and everything and not everybody has that privilege but I think what's great about not only lacrosse as a sport but Ireland lacrosse is that's it's such like a chosen family and I'm cringing to myself hearing myself say that and I think for years when I heard people say that like their sport their teams and their clubs were like their family to me it was like oh but they're not like but they really are like it's like Dublin lacrosse and Ireland lacrosse literally mean everything to me and have gotten me through you know jobs and my career have have helped me with my career and college and everything like they've 
just the support system that lacrosse, the lacrosse community in Ireland provides is just such a positive place to be and mm-hmm. and I just would love for for people to experience what I've had the privilege to experience with with that as well so mm-hmm. being in the Olympics I think will highlight the sport more mm-hmm. and will hopefully will hopefully gauge a lot more interest and attention in it and stuff and like not only will it be great for the sport and it will be great for the country and the team you know and the talent and competition and all those kind of stuff on paper but for people to actually have the privilege of experiencing such a positive and just really really great community to be a part of it'll be I'll be happy to see more people get to get to have that for themselves yeah Yeah. it's super exciting as well so um Imi if you had to like summarize how sport has impacted your life and why you'd encourage other young girls and women to play sport what would you say yeah like I think fortunately I'm I'm someone who gets it like I get like at 12 when I kind of went into secondary school and people were better than me and I was like this is you know it's not fun anymore and it didn't seem encouraging and it was kind of competitive and and I think because women particularly like that's 10 years ago now particularly women's sports have come has come such a long way that that feeling of like that kind of territorial feeling and stuff has definitely gone away and people aren't just in sport to to be competitive and for it to be everything and you know work tirelessly towards it but up but also for fun like I never saw the fun in it really growing up I think it stopped becoming fun when I went into secondary school and that's why you know alongside I'd say the majority of girls who are 12 and 13 kind of pulled out and thought like this isn't for me and I was slightly more of a musical theatre child and I thought like you can kind of only be one thing but that's just absolutely not true at all I really do believe that there's a sport for everyone Mm -hmm. and I know that not a lot of people feel that way and I definitely am someone who did not feel that way I thought well like it's not for me so what do you mean there's a sport for everyone but like I truly believe that there is a sport for everyone I think lacrosse in particular is, is a great sport when when other sports can be so big and the world of that sport can be so big and intimidating and kind of daunting and you think you might drown like I think lacrosse is in such a great position right now that mm-hmm. not only is it finally getting the recognition that it deserves you know for stuff like the Olympics but it still is such a small community that it's just I don't know how to how to kind of explain that it's, it's just a really it's a good time to kind of join something like lacrosse but mm-hmm. sport in general has given me like literally worldwide opportunities and friendships and connections and everything and it's taught me a lot it really has like patience and perseverance and really having to work for something but then seeing the results of of that work and yeah and just like my health and my fitness and my well-being and finding joy and stuff like hiking you know which before you know wheezing up the hill like I and and now it's like I, I truly do find joy in stuff like that and and you know yeah, I just I just mm. think sports incredibly important. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. Mm. Yeah, just before we end off, um, if anyone's listening or watching and they want to get involved in lacrosse, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so um, I mean, if you want to email, it's clubs at arlandlacrosse.ie. But um, really, we're uh, all the teams are on are on social media platforms, particularly Instagram. So. Dublin Lacrosse is on Instagram, Ireland Lacrosse, um, it's Ireland W Lacks for the for the women's side of things and, and just like DM any of those and, and they'll send you in the right place. And Ireland it's just Ireland Lacrosse as well for for any men who want to who want to join up too. And 
Um, Dublin is a women's plus is a women's plus team, so we welcome anybody from the LGBTQ plus community, anybody at all who wants to join the women's sport and, and play that and that game in particular. But yeah, Ireland W Lacks is the Instagram and clubs at Ireland if you want to send an email and you know anybody and everybody is welcome. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. Thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you again for the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to Her Sports social platforms to get the latest women in sports content. Thank you.